Hello again, Gary Zacharias here with the Apologist Bookshelf. I want to go back, take another look at Hank Hanegraaff's book called The Complete Bible Answer Book. And it's it's unbelievably complete. I mean, it's got all sorts of sections on basic Christian thought, on spiritual gifts, on holidays, what God is like, basic apologetics, of course, that I like, uh, New Testament issues, uh, historical Jesus and Christology, religions and cults, discernment and aberrant teachings, spiritual warfare, pseudo-scientific apologetics like Bible codes, uh, gospel in the stars. I think that stuff's fascinating. Christianity and science, ethics, money, resurrection, the afterlife, eschatology. Oh, there's a good one. What do you believe about end times? Biblical interpretation and final thoughts. So there are a lot of good things here. I thought maybe I would turn, I've got to get there. I want to take a look at one section here called Religions and Cults. Here's a question people ask. What distinguishes Christianity from other religions? Isn't it just one more religion? Well, sure, it is a religion, but it's unique among all other religions in the world for several reasons, as he points out. One, Christianity is rooted in history and evidence. I mean, we've got Jesus of Nazareth. What do we find out? He was born in a particular town, in a particular uh, area of the world during the reign of a particular Caesar, and he was put to death by a first century Roman governor. I mean, we've got all this information. We've got the, his life, death, resurrection is validated by eyewitness testimony and even credible extra biblical evidence as well. No other religion, as Hank points out, can really claim this kind of support from history and evidence. I've done talks on this, and you put something like Buddhism or uh, the, the Muslim faith or Jehovah's Witnesses or the Mormons. I mean, there's no other religion that has that kind of support from history and evidence, factual, actual factual evidence. So there's one reason. It's a historical, it's an evidential-based Christianity. You can go check it out. You could test it. And then Hank says, secondly, of all the influential religious leaders— of the world, and he rattles off a lot of them here, Baha'u'llah, Muhammad, Lao Tzu, Zoroaster, on and on, only Jesus claimed to be God in the flesh. That's in Mark 14. And that wasn't an empty boast. We've got the resurrection that verified his claims. He vindicated his claim to deity. Take a look at Romans 1, 4, or 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 8. Other religions claim miracles in support of their faith, but such miracles don't have any historical validation. And then finally, what does Hank say? How is Christianity unique? So it's historical, it's evidentially based. Uh, Jesus is far different as far as the leader of the religion. It's unique, third, because it's a coherent belief structure. It, it accounts for all sorts of things. It accounts for the way our mind functions, the laws of science, laws of logic, uh, ethical norms, justice, love meaning in life, the problem of evil and suffering and truth. So as he points out at the end of this uh, little section here, Christianity corresponds with reality. It's, it's the closest um, religion to the way the world actually is. So that's one of his uh, questions that he answers in this section on religions. Here's a second question. Don't all religions lead to God? I mean, that's pretty popular, isn't it? You get this image of the roads and everybody's heading up these mountain roads on different roads, but they're all going to end up reaching God at the top. He says, but if you start examining world religions, uh, take Judaism or Hinduism or Buddhism, they contradict one another. 
Moses teaches there's one God. Krishna believed in many gods. Buddha was agnostic. Well, they could all be wrong, but they can't all be right. That's really important. Hank then says, the road of religion, I think this is an interesting point. He says the road of religion leads steeply uphill, but the road of Christianity descends. What, what does he mean? Well, religion is a the way the fallen humanity attempts to reach up and become acceptable to God through what we do. We've got to climb. We've got to work hard. We have lots of things we must accomplish. Mormonism places a huge burden on people. Buddhism has the Eightfold Path. Muslims have the Five Pillars. And it goes on and it goes on. But Christianity is a divine gift based on what Christ has done. He lived that perfect life that we couldn't live, and he offers us his perfection as a free gift. And then finally, Jesus, as Hank points out, taught that there was only one way to God. I am the way and the truth and the life, said Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus validated that claim through his resurrection. So these religious leaders are dead. They're gone. Only Jesus laid down his life and took it up again. So his opinion's way more valid than the others. So all religions do not lead to God. Here's the third question that he deals with. He says this is a really often asked question on his show, The Bible Answer Man. Here it is. What happens to a person who's never heard of Jesus? In other words, the, the, the idea is, is God going to condemn people to hell just because they're not believing in somebody that they've never heard of? That really sounds awful, doesn't it? Gee, you didn't, you didn't tell me about Jesus. Now I'm going to go to hell. Well, first, people are not condemned to hell for not believing in Jesus. Key point. They're already condemned because of what? Sin. So the question, as Hank points out, is not how can God send somebody to hell, but how could God condescend to save any of us? And he points out, well, look, if ignorance is your ticket to heaven, in other words, you haven't heard, and so therefore God won't condemn you, he says, well, we need a cover-up campaign. We ought to end evangelism. We should burn all the Bibles and close the churches. Soon nobody will have heard of Christ, and everybody gets to go to heaven. No, it's not the way that works. And then he finally ends the section here. It should be emphasized that everyone has the light of creation and consciousness. Conscience, sorry. God isn't capricious, is he? I mean, if we respond to the light that we have, he will give us more light. How many times are we hearing in our time period that Muslims especially, in a closed-off society, have uh, seen the problems with Islam and they've prayed for God to reveal himself and they've had visions. They've had dreams. They've had people come to them individually and tell them the truth about Christianity and about Jesus. So he, uh, Hank ends this chapter here in the words of the Apostle Paul. This is Acts 17. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. God did this. Why? so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. That's good news, isn't it? One final question that he deals with in this uh, opening section about different religions <clears throat> is, how are people who lived before the time of Christ saved? I mean, think about that. So you've got Abraham, and you've got all these people a long, long time ago. They didn't know about Jesus. It was way before his time. And Hank says that there are some people who believe that the way they were saved before the time of Christ was by keeping the law. He says, no, that's not what the scriptures say. 
He says, first of all, the Bible from beginning to end says that you're saved through faith, grace alone, through faith alone on account of Christ alone. And he mentions Paul, who quotes the Old Testament to drive home the reality. Nobody, nobody ever has been declared righteous by observing the law. Look in Romans 3.20. Paul also points to Abraham. He proves that salvation comes through faith. It's not works. And here's what Paul has to say. This is Romans 4.3 and Galatians 3.6-9. If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. As he winds down this section here, Hank says, finally, Jesus is the substance that fulfills the types and shadows that you see in the Old Testament. Then he gets that from Luke 24, 44, Romans 3, 21 to 22, and Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 3. So each year, the Jews celebrated the Passover to keep them focused on the one who is going to be coming to die for their sins. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Hebrews 11, 28, and 39 and 40. So as Hebrews says, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. He ends the section by saying Jesus is at the apex of history. So people today look back in history to Christ's sacrifice. People that that lived before the time of Christ look forward to his sacrifice for them. So those are the uh, opening sections that he deals with. Um, Maybe I'll do one more because this is a section on different religions and I do want to continue this. He asks, or people have asked him, I should say, what's a cult? What does that mean? He says, well, you can define the word cult sociologically. So what is that? It's a religious sect whose followers are controlled by strong leadership in virtually every dimension of their lives. They have a, a huge loyalty usually for this guru and they're galvanized together and they're intimidated often. Uh, it's uh, More often than not, this is you get this we versus they siege mentality. And they're usually cut off from their families and friends. But he said, you know, you can define a cult theologically too. Uh, it would be a pseudo-Christian organization that claims to be Christian, but compromises or it confuses, or maybe it even contradicts essential Christian doctrines. They, so in other words, they cloak themselves in Christianity, but they deviate from orthodox teachings. So he says what happens is they take texts out of context to develop pretexts for their theological perversions. And then finally, last thing, he says although the media-driven culture has given cult a really nasty uh, connotation, he says it could be just simply defined broadly as a group of people centered around a religious belief structure. So he says Christianity might rightly be referred to as a cult of the Old Testament, Judaism. So he said you've got to be careful when you're dealing with cults. You've got to be diligent in defining your terms. And I'll tell you, as an English teacher, I'll say amen to that. All right, well, thanks. And this, again, is the Complete Bible Answer Book. It is rich. So many things to think about and a lot of good verses that he gives uh, the reader. All right, well, thanks, and uh, we'll do another podcast soon.